Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Hear the word of the Lord. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And in verse 21, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I went for a walk last Monday night, a night that was actually more Christmassy than it is tonight. Yes, it was cold, it was windy, and it was dark, and it was snowy. And uh, it really wasn't that dark at all, actually, because many of the houses in my neighborhood have colorful lights strung up all around their houses. Some of the lights were strung up in the shape of angels or in the shape of a tree or, or even outlined their whole house. Uh, some houses had lights, colorful lights lining up and down their driveways, too. But the, the lights that really caught my attention on that walk last week were the lights that were coming from inside the house. It was a different sort of light. It was more of a warm glow sort of light. It, it made me wonder if, the, if people had actually gone to LED lights yet because it seemed like such a warm, incandescent sort of light coming from the houses. And you can see a lot inside people's houses when you're walking out at night. Um, but what did they say in the Netherlands, Lisa? There's nothing, no sin to hide. You have your wet drapes open, right? It's, yeah. If you don't have any sin to hide, you leave your drapes open. Um, well, it was a scene like you were 
like in the movies. Somebody's walking outside and it's snowy and cold and blowing and maybe they're, they're upset or depressed about something and they look through the window of somebody's house and they, they see the family around the tree or around the table and, and having a good time. And, and it got me to be reflective too as I was out there walking around. And I wondered how many of those homes have family around for Christmas. Did they get along with each other or uh, do their families just live far away from each other, far apart? And why does Christmas make us more reflective uh, at this time of year than at other times of year? The warm glow from inside those houses drew my attention inward, first wondering about my own neighbors, uh, but then also inward to myself, wondering about me and thinking about my own family situation, happy Christmases and maybe not so happy Christmases too, and my own feelings about Christmas in general. Well, spending too much time navel-gazing actually can be a selfish thing to do, I decided. Uh, it can cause you to forget about everyone else in the world. Christmas navel-gazing can also uh, turn too quickly into a pity party, right? And so the holiday is about much more than how I celebrate or don't celebrate or how near or far my biological family is in relation to me. Because Christmas is still meaningful. It's still full of wonder and joy, whether I have received many cards and gifts this year or nothing at all. It's not really about you and me, after all. But then, reflecting on it a little longer, maybe it is just differently than the way we might think. Well, the Bible reveals a gospel account that's rooted in history, yet it's full of miracles and wonder. Uh, the very first few verses of chapter 2 of Luke there, they give us a time and date stamp, uh, in the, at least the way they would do it in the ancient world, listing those who were in charge, the rulers, and the dates, and uh, that, that would be the date and uh, the location of where all this was happening. So it's rooted in history, full of miracles, full of wonder still. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, the angels told the shepherds out in that field. To you. To you. And I thought, what a, kind of what a strange birth announcement, the way to say that. You know, when my children were born, and I called up my parents and and told them, uh, first thing I said is, it's a girl. That's all I said, you know. And two years later, I said, it's a girl. <laughs> two years after that, I said, it's a boy. It would have been strange, probably, if I called up my dad and said, you know, uh, today in the town of DeVos, a granddaughter has been born to you, or, or something like that. But that's kind of how the angels were putting it to the shepherds. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. But I emphasize the to you part of that. It wasn't merely a generic birth announcement. A girl was born. It's a girl. It's a boy. Uh, it was personal. It was to you. To the lowly shepherds, the poor, the hard, uh, hard-working, night-shift, working class of people. This birth announcement of the ages was given with a whole host of heaven's angels. It reminds me of Isaiah's vision of heaven in Isaiah chapter 6, uh, where it says the angels were calling to one another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then in Revelation chapter 4, 2, where it says the angels day and night never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The night when the angels appeared to the shepherd out in that field, um, this night was a holy, holy, holy sort of night. God had an important announcement for the world. The warm, bright glow of the Lord's glory shone around the angels there and around the shepherds in the middle of the night. So that strange birth announcement, it, it wasn't addressed to the high and mighty Caesar, Augustus, nor was it addressed to the governor of Syria, whose name shall not be pronounced properly anyways. Uh, it was a birth announcement of the lowly couple under questionable circumstances in the backwaters of the Roman Empire, some little town called Bethlehem. The names, Mary and Joseph. You know the story. Everybody had to go to their hometown to be counted for the census, including anyone who was pregnant. And, and there, along the way, wouldn't you know it, it was time. It was time for the baby to be born. The labor had started. Uh, he was coming. And so they headed to Bethlehem, the town of David, because Joseph was from the line of David. Uh, but the guest room or the inn wasn't available to them. So they journeyed with, uh, excuse me, excuse me for they stayed with the animals that night. And it says a son was born, and he was wrapped in cloths and placed in a manger. At that same time, it seems, these little shepherds living out in the fields nearby received their announcement. Do not be afraid, the angel said to them. I bring you good news or good tidings that will cause great joy for all the people. A Savior has been born. The Word, the Logos, God, taken on human flesh, has become one of us. This is big news. This is important news for all the world. Important enough for God to send a great company of the heavenly angels with this announcement. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord, it says in verse 11. The shepherds are told exactly who this child is. And the shepherds are given a sign that would lead them to the baby, that he would be found among the animals in a manger in Bethlehem. Probably not too many newborn babies in a manger in that small town, so probably easy to find. Then the whole host of angels appeared, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is a holy, holy, holy sort of night indeed. Thrice holy, three times special. Completely special. So the shepherds had their announcement. But now what? What happens after everything turns dark again? They had their mountaintop experience. They had their come to Jesus moment. Uh, they had their spiritual high for the night. Was it back to the grind as usual? Is it like it was before to shrug the shoulders, move on to the next thing, looking forward to the next high, whatever it is, wherever it comes from? You see, when we have those spiritual highs or important moments with God, it's important to do something about it, to take action, to respond in some way, shape, or fashion. So the shepherds had to do something, as you can imagine. They had to say something. No way they could be quiet about all of this. Their response wasn't one of, let's verify and see if, if this is true, what the angels have told us. No, their response was one of belief, of faith, of obedience. Verse 15 says, let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You see, a message from the angels is a message from the Lord. And so this is a thing that has happened in their minds. 
So they go to bear witness to the magnitude of this event, this situation. They go to give testimony to the angelic messengers and message. The Messiah is born. They go to bear homage to the Messiah, the Savior, that was born to them. The shepherds didn't wait around to the end of their shift, no. They, they hurried off, it says in verse 16, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, just as the angels had told them. And in verse 17, it says they still could not be silent. They still could not sit still. They spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and, and all who heard the shepherd's message were amazed, it says. Mary, Mother Mary simply treasured up these things in her heart and pondered them. Eventually, the shepherds would return home, but it says they, re they returned glorifying and praising God. You see, in, in faith, they responded to the message. They didn't just sit there or shrug their shoulders or go on to what's next. They responded in faith to the message. They investigated, they saw with their own eyes, and they spread the word, and they gave testimony to what they had seen and heard regarding this child, this child who on the eighth day received the covenantal sign of circumcision and was given the name Jesus because he would forgive his people from their sins. That's what it says in Matthew's gospel. That's what the angel told them. That's why Jesus came, to forgive us of our sins. The Messiah was born. Jesus had come. The Word became flesh and lived among us. And through his life, his teaching, his suffering, his death, and his rising, the world would not remain the same ever again. Oh, it's not a perfect world. We still have our fair share of suffering today, from wildfires to hurricanes, tornadoes, flooding, starving children and adults. Ponzi schemes that erase retirement funds, along with a whole barrel full of political differences that cause us to hate one another. But you know what? Many of these things existed long ago, in many other times, in many other cultures, in many other countries. Many cultures and nations have had it worse in the past, and do have it worse today. And through it all, through it all, through every age, through a couple of millennia now, the gospel good news of the Savior's birth has been celebrated on a night like tonight. And the gospel good news of the Savior's birth continues to spread. The church of Jesus Christ continues to grow in many parts of the world. People continue to receive and believe in Jesus, as it says in John's gospel, and therefore become children of God, born again of God's Spirit, born again of God's grace. The presence of Jesus in our world, the growing, spreading presence of Jesus means that hearts are transformed and softened and enlightened and minds are changed and behaviors are modified so that the poor have hope and those who are suffering natural disasters find relief through Christian relief organizations. That battered women and homeless, homeless people find shelter that they need. That the mentally ill find the help and the hope that they are in need of. That the hungry get fed. That the spiritually oppressed get set free. The ongoing presence of Jesus in our world changes the world for the better. And each one of us, each one of you, is a part of that. 
as the gospel of Jesus changes our hearts, opens our minds, and frees our hands to love and to serve others. As we allow the gospel to change us, we become an instrument of change for a better world that glorifies God. You see, the warm glow of the gospel is seen through the windows of our lives by those who are walking in darkness, by those who are going through a cold storm in life. As they look in to see what gives you hope, what gives you life abundant, what gives you peace in the midst of the storms of life. The birth of Jesus is good news and great joy for all the people. For a Savior has been born to you, all of you. Praise be to God. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we praise you tonight for the birth of your Son, our Lord and Savior. And we praise you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you formed us in our mother's womb, that you knew us before time. God, let the beauty and the majesty of the Savior's birth sink deep into our souls tonight. Let there be time in this busy season to stop, to be silent, and reflect upon this miracle. And Lord, let us consider how the gospel changes us so that we may be a part of your mission to change the world for the better. We rejoice tonight because you are good, Lord. You are awesome. You are loving and you are holy. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.